I'm Hillary. And I'm Sandra. And coming up on this episode, we are going to talk to the divorce diva. Yeah, divorce isn't something a lot of people talk about. I think uh, there's a little bit of shame involved, but our divorce diva today is having none of that. She's been married twice, and she's got a story to tell. In fact, you could call her a relationship expert. There's a lot of do's and don'ts in this podcast. Don't marry an a-hole is the first one. Yeah, that's <laughs> Just come right out with it now. <laughs> Sam Pratt, she's a friend of Sandra's, and she's a single mom in her 40s. She also talks about why she'll never get married again. The Quick and the Dirty Podcast with Hillary Welch and Sandra Plagakis. So, Hillary, I want to start off with a quick today and uh, just say that I would love to talk about milestone birthdays. For example, I have a friend who's turning 40. No names, but it's you. <laughs> you be. <laughs> happy birthday, Hillary, and happy milestone birthday, no less. Uh, thank you. You realize you have a milestone coming up, too, and uh, <laughs> it's all coming back. I, Hillary. Yes. Also, we don't talk about my age, remember? We only talk about your age. This is a one-sided friendship. Let's talk about you. You you just you just turned the big four zero. Yeah, I, I thought it would be harder coming up to this birthday. I didn't want to talk about the number, and I even told you I didn't want to talk about the number. Thank you. Oh, sorry. Um, uh, oh, okay. are we lying? What are we doing here? <laughs> because I think I'm not exactly where I expected to be at forty. I thought I would be married with kids of my own and have a house, and I am none of those things. But I realized over the weekend that I am living exactly the life that I should be living. I have this amazing man in my life who is all he always shows up. He's always there for me. He always does all the right things. And even the things Aww. that I don't realize he's doing. And then you look back and you're like, oh, he was really trying. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> he was really trying. Uh, but also, I mean, I get to experience his children and it's a, a new adventure and I'm happy with my career. I get to talk to you every week. Yes. Life's good. It really so, is. Like, I'm, and you, if there's anything I'm going to do in my 40s, it's to enjoy experiencing life as it is now and not wishing for something that it is not. Well, you know, a lot of people like you do think, oh, when I'm turning 40, I, you know, like you said, you wanted to have all these boxes checked off. But it's not really about the things that you own or those kinds of things. Isn't it really about what you've learned? I guess. I'm still learning. I make a lot of mistakes, Sandra. <laughs> I, know, I know, but that's okay. But being 40 also affords you the right to say, I don't give an F. You know what I mean? It affords you to say that you've earned the right to do this, 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 and this. I mean, doesn't it? I, or can I teach you to do that? I mean, <laughs> I think I need some guidance. So, like, what kind of situations can I use this in? Well, I use the expression, and it just actually came to my attention recently. I use the expression, not my problem, quite a bit. Uh, so when people come up to me and they try to drag me down with their garbage, I always say, not my problem, and I walk away. In fact, when people start telling me things that I'm of, of little interest to me, I will walk away mid-sentence. <laughs> because wow. when I turn 40, I've done that to people in the office before who just, just say nonsense. So I just leave. <laughs> I've walked up in meetings. I've left meetings before when, when I when I think it's garbage. Uh, just to throw little temper tantrums here and there. Now, it's part comedy. Don't get me wrong. I mean, I don't do it in full seriousness. But, but and it's part comedy as well. You know what I mean? Right. Or at but least at the, you make it seem that way. That's right. <laughs> 
And they just go, that's just Sandra being Sandra. But they also know that it doesn't come from a, a mean place. It just comes from a, I don't have time for your bullshit place. Let's get efficient and do this because I have a life to live and it doesn't involve me sitting in a boardroom for seven hours. This could be problematic if I learn this. Our podcast will end at five minutes when you start complaining about something. I'll be like, not my problem. Mike off. Not my problem. I know. <laughs> but you know... I- I'm not saying that you you shouldn't be an empathetic person because, of course, you should be and you are a good person and you are all of those things. But do you feel like you've learned anything at the age of 40? Uh, yeah, I think I've been through enough that um, I I guess you learn to feel like you have the right to be you. Yeah. Yeah. And you shouldn't apologize for it. I have a I have a rule. I always say for me anyway, I always say if you are somebody who is 40 years old and you don't have at least 65 percent of your shit together, there's something wrong. Oh, I've got something wrong. (laughs) You are 65 percent solid. You know what I mean? And I'm not talking about the things you own, like a house, dogs, cars. That's not shit. I'm talking your emotional shit. Right. If you don't have your if you're 65 percent there and good, fine. And I feel like as you get older, that number should increase. <laughs> and I will say, and I hope this isn't indicative of my age, but I I have an 82 18 percent success rate right now. That is my ratio. I say that I'm 82 percent solid, but there's still 18 percent of me that still has insecure days. But I think That's we still all questions. do. That's natural. And right. I think that my fear of the 40th birthday was built around that insecurity that I wasn't good enough or I wasn't where I should be. And uh, it all culminated in a big old dirty cry on the way home from oh. my boyfriend's. <laughs> but a happy cry. Oh, yeah. Where I realized, like, I'm okay. Like, yeah, I, I didn't expect to be okay. You know, Aww. like... But you're okay. I'm really happy. I know you're happy. <laughs> I'm happy that you're happy. But just can you just give me a percentage? <laughs> I would tell say me you're I'm 65. 75 percent <gasps> happy. That's good. That's normal. Good. See, there you go. That makes me happy. All right, Are we now gonna... no more crying. <laughs> I was gonna say, can we? Um, <sighs> can, can we just? Do you want to cry? Because I'll cry with you right now. Because I feel like it. That that made me happy. I don't need your crocodile tears. <laughs> <laughs> Because I got those ready. (laughs) I'm pretty excited about uh, today's guest. She is a fundraising strategist. And if you live in Ottawa, you know that she is a very well-respected broadcaster and, I guess, philanthropist. Is that fair to say, Sam? Philanthropy Council. Philanthropy Council. Very, very big, fancy titles. But (laughs) the title that I'm most interested in is I would call you a relationship expert. Please welcome to the Quick and the Dirty podcast, Sam LaPrade. Well, thank you. Yeah. So, Sam, what makes you a relationship expert? Because I've done everything wrong. Every possible mistake that could be made has been made by me. Uh, and so you have learned a lot of lessons through life. Well, let's put it this way. I'm kind of the jackass whisperer. <laughs> oh, my God. So you're a troll magnet. Oh, yeah. No, it's great. Let's put it this way. If you put 100 great guys in a room, one jackass, I'm on the jackass like white on rice. Like, it's unbelievable. So you have a type, yes. and it's not good. No, and usually, you know, by the end of the night, I'm already, you know, paying off his credit card and taking his oh mother to the podiatrist. And, <laughs> you know, that's just the kind of gal I am. Oh, Sam. Okay, so let's get a little background. We didn't know about the 
the big titles and the jobs and stuff, but who are you as a human being? Describe yourself for um, people listening. I'm a grateful mom. I have a gorgeous 11-year-old daughter uh, named Avery, and uh, yeah, I'm an only child um, and had fantastic parents. My mom's still with us, and I lost my dad, but um, yeah, I love this community. I love Ottawa. I'm uh, yeah, I'm just a happy gal. Got lots of great network of friends. Yeah, and age range-ish? 40, going to be 48. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. So, is this your second time around? Like, you're in the dating world now. You've yeah. been married. I, there's a story there. Oh, yes. Yeah. So, I was married first in 2003. And it's very funny. I actually met my husband in a, uh, that husband <laughs> in a Tim Hortons. That husband. Hello. <laughs> yeah. Hello. <laughs> uh, in a Tim Hortons drive through. And was he serving you? No, it was oh, really sorry. funny. No. <laughs> I would yeah. not feel like that was a natural question, Sam. I usually am a girl that goes after the guy with the donuts. Oh, but no, no, I um, I decided to, no, we were actually passing each other. I was going through the drive through for Scotiabank and he was going through the drive through at Tim Hortons. And I, I thought he waved at me, but he was just stretching. Oh, God. Oh. Kind of embarrassing. But then to take it a step further, we actually wrote our story to Tim Hortons and they put us on all the coffee cups and the donut boxes. So we were part of the story in the 40th anniversary of Tim Hortons. I kid you not. Did you get free coffee you out can't of it make at least? This stuff up. Did they give you like a free Tim Hortons gift card for life? I can't even tell you that they actually, when we were doing media, they actually made us still pay for our coffee. I don't even drink coffee, but they made my husband pay for his coffee. Do you think that's why the marriage ultimately failed? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I do. The Timbits. The Timbits might have had something to do with it. Okay, so, that, okay, okay, I so that's marriage number one. one. Mm -hmm. So then I, uh, about... 8 p.m. on June the 12th, 2011, I left him. Um, not to be specific. That's very specific. Well, like, did a TV show end that you were like, that you needed to finish and see through? Is that yes, what happened? It's like, I'm out of here. Um, <clears throat> so that was good. And uh, then I decided I was never, ever getting married again. Um, and a couple of years after that, I uh, decided to go on match. My girlfriend was going to go on match as well. So we we're going to kind of do it together. I lasted 72 long hours. Oh. Um, I was asked to do lots of different things in 72 hours, so I decided online dating wasn't for me. Um, so I got off of there, and um, then I started to um, communicate with someone that I've known for a really long time. And um, yeah, we started communicating, and I still said I would never get married again. And uh, lo and behold, I got married in 2016 and uh, divorced in 2017. So it was a very quick uh, relationship. Lots of good lessons out of it, though. That, But that's like ridiculously quick. Oh, that's no, like was, almost Britney Spears quick, exactly. Sam. It like was 18 that, months. It was yeah. 18 months. How do you hate someone that quickly? Well, it came on quite quickly, actually. <laughs> um, to be honest with you, a little bit of it for me was um, just um, being in the same country. So this was someone that was in Australia. We've known each other, although we've known each other for a really long time. And we would, you know, see each other. Um, he would come to Canada and stuff. Uh, it just became very different when he moved here. He wasn't happy in Canada. Um, and there was just lots of lots of different um, sort of outside forces as well that, that were challenging for us. I lost my father during that time. Um, but you really get to know somebody when you're going through a lot of grief and how that person handles the grief um, and how, yeah, just how life kind of all the different um, factors that were sort of stressing us out in terms of immigration. And there was lots going on. That doesn't surprise me. I've known several people whose marriages didn't make the make it through the death of their parents. Yeah, I, I, I'll tell you, the death of your parents, not to bring everyone down, but the death of your parents really does change you. I'll never be the same uh, after losing my father and uh, 
grateful my mom's still here, but she was going through a lot of serious um, illness at the same time. So I actually thought I might lose them very close together. So there's a lot of pressure. I'm an only child. I'm a you know, single mom, essentially. So there's just lots going on. So is it that you, he, he just wasn't able to obviously give you what you needed or is it that he didn't know you well enough to give you what you needed or yeah. care enough to give you what you I needed? I think it was a combination. Um, you know, I don't, I just don't think we were the same type of person. It's going to sound funny, but I thought very much that, you know, obviously he was Australian and uh, which was great. And, uh, but I thought our cultures were very d- the same, but they aren't. Australian culture and Canadian culture are very different. So I learned a lot of those lessons the hard way. Uh, they're lovely people, don't get me wrong, and the accent's fantastic. Um, <laughs> but uh, but just culturally, we were very different. We were very different um, family-wise as well. Um, so he came from a really big family, and um, they were kind of all over the place, where my family's really small and very, very close. Um, so there was lots of things that were going on, for sure. And he was probably in a position where you were the only thing he knew here. <laughs> and yeah. I, I've sort of felt that before when you move to a new town, even like sure. you're not talking new country, that mm-hmm. you have to make, you are his only person. Yep. So there's a lot of pressure on you too, and maybe a lot of pressure you weren't able to give. Yeah. And I think, you know, I think that's a really good valid point because when he came, you know, I still had to work full time and my dad was dying and. You know, I was still had to be a mom and I still had, you know, was being a friend and taking my mom to appointments. And so there was lots going on. And then, you know, you meet someone who doesn't know where the main street is in Ottawa. Right. So, you know, he couldn't mm-hmm. drive. He couldn't. So it was almost, um, you know, as much as he tried to contribute, I think there was a lot of frustration on his end, too. And we just uh, yeah, we just weren't a good couple together for sure. So after 18 months, did it, was it a, a mutual breakup? And not, not to get too personal, I'm just no, no, wondering, was it an ugly breakup? No, like, you know go what? back to where you came from? It was, it was very much... Uh, <laughs> get out! Um, get out! It was very much... It was, it, 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 to be honest with you, I'd asked him to leave actually a year, uh, or I guess... Uh, so, we, so I asked him to leave July 13th, um, but I'd actually asked him to leave in the February. Um, so it was already starting to, to go bad places. Um, and then there was just kind of a few things that were just, um, one of them was that I said to my daughter, like, I just don't, you know, I just don't know how this is working for me, even though she was quite young. I said, you know, I don't know if, if this person's going to live here anymore. And she said, well, is it cause he doesn't respect you, mom? <gasps> and she's eight. Wow. And so there was no decision after that. Wow. The decision was made. That was the moment where yeah. you're like, I'm out. Because you think you're hiding it from your kids. You know, you think you're hiding your unhappiness or you think you're, you know, talking, you know, quietly after they've gone to bed. But the reality is, if you're not happy, um, your kids know it. And so for me, the big lesson in both um, leaving both marriages was I wanted a happy kid. And the way I looked at it is I can, you know, I can find another relationship. I can never give that child another childhood. Oh, so wow. it was over for me. It was over for me very quickly. What do you think would have happened if you didn't have children? Do you? How do you think uh, things would have played out? Mm, interesting. I never really thought about that. Um, I don't think it would be very much different, to be honest. My friends, actually, I had a girlfriend, uh, my friend Stephanie, who I love to death. She took me for coffee and she said, just to let you know, like, you don't actually talk anymore. And you're very quiet. And that's not me. <laughs> so she just found my personality had changed. And over time, I had just become someone that I didn't really recognize either. Oh, that totally happens. Mm-hmm. I've been in unhappy relationships where you sort of, you turtle, 
because you don't want anyone to know how unhappy you are and you don't have a lot of happy things to talk about. Yeah. And I think, too, the embarrassment, because, you know, we had kept our relationship quite quiet. So when we announced our engagement, people were like, we didn't even know you were dating anyone. And, you know, everybody was like, oh, my gosh. So you think that social media piece is a big piece of it, which sounds really funny. I just I was, you know, you're embarrassed to tell to tell your friends that the relationship didn't work out. You don't want to you know, you don't want to seem like, oh, my God, what's wrong with her? She got married twice. Like, you know, and, and my friends already joked that I had to import this one. <laughs> you know, I'd gone through everyone else. <laughs> so it was like, oh, sweet love. Um, so, you know, I'd already had all the jokes you could possibly have. So um, but you know what? I don't regret it. I will tell you. Like within four days, I I felt back to myself. Well, a big part of it, you know, I, and I always recommend this to anybody. If it doesn't matter if it's a boyfriend or a husband or whatever, when you separate, first of all, go buy a new mattress. It's fantastic. The people at Sleep Country love me because I buy new mattresses like every few years. Um, but buy a new mattress, which was fantastic. So I got a new mattress. But well, I that also, makes sense. Yeah. yeah, it was fantastic because it still has the smell of the old guy. Well, on just it. you know, just the, just like, his body still it's in just it. Just a weird thing. I just wanted a new that mattress. That makes sense. Yeah. yeah so I well, did that. Yeah, it's weird when you're doing it with a yeah. new one in the same one you were yeah, doing it in the old one with. Couldn't do it. So the other thing is I had somebody come in and uh, de-man the house. So basically <laughs> I hired this cleaning company, which is fantastic, my friend Patty. And they came in and uh, when I walked back in that house, it looked like he had never been there. It was fantastic. Okay, I love you just a little bit more that you demand your house. Oh, I did. I yeah. live with teenage boys and a man, and I'd like to demand my house very much. Though. So, I did it. So what do they do? Like, how do you demand a house? Is it just... She just took uh, care of everything that ever looked like it was part of... I mean, he he left with everything, thank heavens. Like, I made him take everything, all his crap with him. But um, but it was just... She just, you know, fluffed the pillows a certain way and just, you know, just cleaned the house in a certain way and kind of made the bathroom look kind of more girly again and all that stuff. Just everything was fantastic. I love that. Yeah, oh, it was great. All I right, loved it. so you're through two marriages. You've demanded the house. Yeah. You head back out into the dating world. Is there a big stigma or did you feel like there was because you'd now been married two times? Oh, for sure, for sure. And I didn't, like, just to be really clear, I actually decided I was never, ever going to be with anyone again. Um, and I really was not interested in dating. I was never going to go online again because that just never worked for me. Wait a second. You were never going to be with a man again? No, like just I decided on a single, single not yeah. Like oh, I swear to God, the night before. Oh, you're going to love this. So how I how I left my second husband was I came home with a four page program of how this was going to go. <laughs> so so the <laughs> night before. One. Yeah, exactly. Scene one. Here this we go. exactly how it's going to happen. Um, so basically my four pages outlined everything. But the night before uh, I was going to tell him. I remember lying in bed thinking to myself, if this means I'm alone for the rest of my life, would I still make the same decision? The answer was a resounding yes. I knew I would be better by myself than and be myself than be with someone and not be me anymore. And my friends and obviously my daughter were starting to see it. And that was enough for me to say, you know what, if I'm going to be alone, I'm going to be alone. So it's taken me a long time. I and I, God love. I've had a few people ask me out. Like so, it's been about eighteen months, um, and I've had a few people ask me out. And this one friend of mine who I've known for a really long time asked me out, and I said, "I've got to be honest with you. You don't want me. I'm broken." And you know, he sort of laughed, and you know, he said, "Oh, I'd really love to, you know, at least take you out for dinner and get to know you and a bit better and stuff." And I just said, "You know what? I'm just not interested." And then someone else came along in September, and. Um, just kind of a weird coincidence, someone I've known for a really long time and, uh, you know, asked me out and I said yes, which actually surprised me. And um, so, um, but we're taking it super, super slow, like really slow, which is really nice. 
Isn't it weird how people come out of the woodwork, though? Oh, yeah, for sure. Like, it it gets out there that you're single, and all of a sudden, like, people are calling you. Well, and and the weird thing is, I will tell you the other strange thing that happens, and I'm embarrassed to say this, but I'll tell you. You should definitely say it then. It's a good lesson. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Like, tune in. Um, Is that uh, people that were married reached out to me, which was really disappointing to me. What? So people that were married, and so they saw that my relationship had gone down. So they assume you're like desperado or something. I don't know. Anyway, so that was disappointing because I had a couple of friends uh, that are married that are guy friends of mine. So that was disappointing. But um, that doesn't surprise me because they probably want to leave their relationships, but they don't have the balls. Well, that's the thing. And honestly, like I've had so I I tell you, I've shared my separation agreement with so many people because I'm trying to save people money. (laughs) Um, But also um, because I think there's a lot of lessons in that. If you are not happy, you will never be happy. Like you just have to just get out of it. You know, if it's not working for you and there's, you know, it's crappy. Believe me, I've been through it. Like my divorce lawyer said with the next divorce, I get a set of steak knives. So, (laughs) you know, it's not fun to have to go through a divorce. It's not fun to have to spend the money to do it. It's not fun to tell people and, you know, be sad and all that kind of stuff. But the reality is I'm happier than I've ever been. So. Um, can I just talk about the stigma of, of saying that you've been married multiple times? Well, multiple, two times. It's not multiple yeah. times. It's two. It's kind of standard now that people are married twice because doesn't everybody have a starter marriage and then they have a, <laughs> yeah. you know what I mean? It is embarrassing though. I mean, uh, there is a, there's a bit of a stigma attached to it. Um, you know, I think people do wonder, I think immediately if there's something wrong with you. I mean, that's kind of the, you know, what's wrong with you. Um, do you think it's like they wonder what's wrong with you or maybe you just make bad decisions or quick decisions or well, you're I think my friends hopeful? Would, yeah, my friends would tell you that I actually married the same person twice, just um, from two different countries. Uh, I didn't realize how close they were in terms of personality, um, but they were very, very close. So I didn't see that. Um, but the reality is I did marry a, a type, like you were saying before. I, I do. I think I found a type and a so I'm, I've definitely uh, have gone opposite of that. If there's anything, uh, the person I'm seeing now is completely different, like 100% different. And there's a whole other thing to that, too, because it's kind of getting to know how to how someone else deals with something. Like I, I was with two people that had no interest in talking. And now I'm with somebody that would, you know, talk an hour about something that they want to talk about in terms of our relationship. So it's it's very rare for me to it's I've never found anybody like that before. You know, we talk, I just asked you about the stigma of, mm-hmm. of saying that you've been married multiple times or twice or three, whatever it is. Um, last year, I listened to a podcast called Dirty John, mm-hmm. and I, it's one of my all-time favorite podcasts, and it's actually on Bravo right now. They did a limited series about it, so it's, it's super interesting, and it's based on the true story of a woman who got conned by this guy, married him within eight weeks, but it was her fifth marriage. Wow. And while everybody around her... Uh, she seemed like the, the most normal, kind, generous soul. And there was a lot of, I think, a big shame to the, the, the multiple marriages. But at the same time, there's something romantic about someone who truly believes in love. Because mm-hmm. she's a woman who just really just wanted that person in her life. Do you feel like, do you, I, I feel that about you too. Mm-hmm. Even though you say you're broken, mm-hmm. everybody's broken. Mm-hmm. Like, isn't everybody, everybody's got baggage. And- oh, for sure. Absolutely. I have a U-Haul. Um, but yes. Um, <laughs> I think I'm I'm very much more cautious and I believe in it. It sounds funny. I believe in it more when I see it in other people. Right. Um, in some ways, I feel like, you know, it's um, 
it's not for me anymore in, in a really weird way, but, um, but I'm, I'm getting there. It'll, it'll take a lot. I'll never, ever be the same person. Um, cause I think when I, you know, certainly after the second marriage, I found out a lot of stuff afterwards. Um, so that changed me as a person for sure. What do you mean um, you found out a lot of stuff? Well, I just, I found out that there was some infidelity. So that, that broke my heart in terms of just that I had tried to keep everything together. Like, you know, I had, was working two jobs. I, you know, was trying to keep everything together. And I just felt like I had been betrayed big time. And um, so that was really sad for me. Especially when you consider how short the marriage was. Yeah. For it to be almost broken the entire time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And one of you wasn't giving it a fair shot from the yeah. beginning. That's that is very heartbreaking. Yeah. Well I just felt I just really truly felt like I was I was used and so I just said that that's taken me a long time. That will take me a lifetime to get over. I don't know if I'll ever get over that piece. I'm over him, um, because I don't actually I actually think in many, many ways he was showing me um just what he wanted me to see. Right. Um, as opposed to who he really was and who he really was, but it was who I found out he was after. Well, and you do that in relationships when they first mm-hmm. start. Right. Yeah. Like you try to be this perfect person and none of us are perfect. Yeah. Well, trust is a big thing. I, it takes me a lot, a lot to trust now. Like I, like this poor new person, like I, I said to him about a month after we were dating, I said, honestly, like if you're going to cheat on me, if you have any thoughts of it at all, just tell me now. Like I don't need to be in a relationship. I'm not. That's the other thing, too. I'm very independent, financially independent. I've got a fantastic career. I, you know, I can pay my own mortgage. I'm, I'm, I don't need anybody for any of that. And how I, how I framed it this time was, listen, I have the foundation. I'm looking for the cherry on top. And unless you want to be the cherry on top, then that's not, this isn't going to be for me. But you, you absolutely cannot cheat on me. Like, just tell me you're not interested in me anymore, but don't cheat on me, please. I'm begging you. It's a hard thing to recover from. Yeah. Have you ever been cheated on, Sandra? Uh, that you are aware of? Yeah. <laughs> Jeez, I don't know. Like uh, back in the dating days? Uh, yeah. Actually, yeah. The guy that I was dating before I got married, uh, he wasn't. it wasn't a serious relationship by any stretch of the imagination. And I moved from Montreal to Ottawa. I've lived in Ottawa twice. The first time I moved here to go to school, and I remember... I knew the long distance relationship wasn't going to last. So I told myself, I'm going to wait four weeks to cut him loose. And after a couple of weeks, I called him and he broke up with me because he started, he was, he said he'd been sleeping with somebody Mm. for, you know, a long time. He fessed up and he cut me loose. And I remember being devastated and it wasn't, it's because he broke up with me first. (laughs) Your ego took a hit. My ego took a hit, but I remember that feeling of betrayal. And that probably is the worst feeling Mm -hmm. a person can feel when you think Mm -hmm. you, you think one thing and then everything you thought is wrong. Um, Yeah. So I guess because you lose trust in yourself it's not just trust in other people right sam when you when you misjudge somebody's character it rocks your whole world on all levels but you know what i i looking back on it i think i should have known but then now but now you're playing that game where we all like mm -hmm. the signs were right there but i didn't Mm -hmm. want to see them Mm -hmm. were they all there i think so yeah for sure yeah i look back on it now and um and yeah for sure do you think it's kind of the next person that you're with or this person that you're seeing now, is it fair the amount of baggage we put on our new partners? Because I know when I left my boyfriend who cheated on me, it 
really affected my relationships after that. And only now am I truly trusting again. Yeah, I, I to be honest with you, he uh, he's very patient, uh, which is fantastic. Um, fair, I don't think it's fair, but um, at the same time, very early on, I just said to him, "This is this is what you get when you get me." So, um, you know, and he's been very patient. Um, let's put it this way: <laughs> I will never get married again. I will tell you, I will never ever get married again, and I won't live with anybody again. Um, so, you know, it's what we're doing is what we're doing in terms of I have my daughter basically um, five nights a week three nights a week I don't have her so basically those three nights um, we hang out you know we hang out one or two of those nights not even all three one or two I want a night to myself I want a night with girlfriends I'm very busy as you know in the community as well Um, and we you know we chat or we text every day and stuff like that but this isn't somebody or not not that I mean I adore him he's fantastic but nobody will get married to me again and nobody will live with me again so um and he knew that going in okay can I just say one thing Sam mm-hmm. you're living my dream life right now <laughs> uh, and I'm not even kidding when I say that because yeah. because I'm I'm one of those awful people that imagines my life if I was single yeah. <laughs> I hope that doesn't mean anything <laughs> I can hear Hillary judging me <laughs> no not at all I'm just so on the other side of the perspective so yeah. to give you like a little bit of background about me I have been in long-term relationships but have never been at a point where I trusted somebody enough to get married and I finally found what I believe is the man of my dreams. And he's previously married. And when we first met, he said he would never get married again. So I'm coming at it from the other perspective where he knows, like I, like you, I set out my priorities right away. And I said, well, if you never want to get married again, don't waste my time. I want this. And he's now stuck around. So, like, it's it's a totally different perspective. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I get that. I, I think for me, I, I just, um, I, my daughter, you know, she's, she's 11. So, you know, she's going to be with me another probably 10 years. And then she'll be a sort of on her own. Um, so my focus is really her. And, um, and as, you know, if I can hang out with someone, go to Sen's game and catch a movie and, you know, cook at home or whatever, um, a couple nights a week with somebody, then that's great. But. That's, yeah. that's it for me. And then have a travel companion if you yeah. need one. Yeah, yeah. Ha- if there's a gala, Ottawa yeah. has a million galas to have a dinner date yeah. is always nice. A movie date. Yeah. And then go home at the end of the night, sleep in your own damn bed. Yeah. That's I took the- him to the Bobs, right? Yeah. So but, oh, right. I took him to the Bobs this year and, you know, did stuff like that. But, uh, but no, it'll be very, um, it'll just be, um, it'll be what it is. And, uh, and if, if someday that doesn't work for him, then that's okay too, right? So it's, I'm, I'm just very, um, yeah, I think I'm, I'm I'm probably more guarded than I've ever been in my whole life, but um, but still, it, I, I'm still a happy girl. Do you ever see that waning? Like, what if you've built this magical relationship? I, I know, it, like at this point, it's super hard to see mm-hmm. the possibility of opening yourself up because that hurt is so fresh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't. I to be honest with you, I mean, I, I like what I have right now with somebody is great. And like I said, if that didn't, I really am okay by myself. I'm just one of those people. And I, and I was like that between my two marriages. Like I was very happy by myself. Um, it's just, I, you know, as much as I love, um, you know, 
you know, I love great sex and I love all that, that was, great I stuff. Was just, I'm sorry yeah. to interrupt you because I was going to yeah. say, what about sex? I yeah. mean, I need, I, I'd, I'd like, a, if I was alone, I'd love to be alone, by the yeah. way. Not to say that I don't, I'm getting yeah. a divorce, none of that. But in a perfect world, I'd love to mm-hmm. be single and then get banged occasionally yeah. and then off they go. Yeah. And that, the off they go is good. Part. We like the office. Yeah. <laughs> um, but you know, I mean, I, I'm I'm open to all that. But at the same time, I'm just um, I just I'm afraid to lose myself again. To be honest, I think if I was to really kind of break it down and, and get to the nugget of it, um, I'm really afraid to lose myself again. Because I I you know I, in the past I haven't picked great people. This this person's fantastic, but uh, in the past I just haven't picked great people. So I need to um, I need to work past that and um, and uh, yeah, just try and stay stay true to who I am. You know, I find interesting is that I have a lot of uh, single friends who are in their 40s and who are out there in the dating world and they're mm-hmm. online dating and they cannot meet anybody mm-hmm. uh, at all. I mean, they've tried online dating and most of them have given up on that mm-hmm. and they just try to do it old school, which they say does not work. Mm-hmm. And here you are not looking for anything <laughs> and all these men are falling on, <laughs> no, on their, you know, like, no. how is that? Why does no. that happen? That's interesting. I think to be honest with you, part of it is just that I've made a lot of, like, I've got a really nice network of people around me. So, um, you know, some of them, like one person that had to ask me out was someone that I had dated in my twenties. Uh, so it was someone that knew me. A recycle. Um, yeah, recycle. Exactly. <laughs> um, but you know, I just decided that, you know, I just, at that point too, I wasn't interested. This was maybe six months after, after um, I had uh, separated and I just wasn't interested yet. Um, yeah, I think part of it is that I'm not looking. <laughs> like like how I met this new person, well, not new to me, I've known him for a really long time, um, but we just connected on a business level and then it just kind of led to something else. But um, But I'm not, you know, I think part of it is that I'm not looking, I'm not... You know, I mean, I, I just kind of do my thing. And as you know, I'm really busy. I mean, I, I have a full-time consultancy. I'm here at, you know, obviously at Rogers Radio a lot and, and doing, um, you know, my, my radio show. And I've got tons of friends. I've got guy friends and girlfriends. I think guy friends has been one of the best things I've ever done is kept my guy friends. Um, they are amazing because um, they give me a really interesting perspective ongoing. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm, just, I'm just a busy gal. So I think part of it is just I'm not really looking. Do you think it's also it's less scary for guys because you're not like looking to settle down and the pressure will be on and you're just like enjoying life? Yeah, and I think that and and I'll be honest with you. One of my really good friends said to me, you know what, you're fabulous and you're busy. And when you're fabulous and you're busy, it does tend to attract people, right? People don't want somebody that's like, I have no idea what I'm doing this week and I hate my job. And, you know, that's just a downer. So when somebody sees and and truly that you are busy and you are, you know, keeping going and, and, um, you know, constantly uh, on the go and trying to create new initiatives for yourself and and be out with friends and all that, it is attractive to people. People don't want someone that's going to be clingy and, um, and can't, you know, hold their own in a conversation or in an event or, so I think part of it's that too, is that I'm just, I've always been very independent that way. Guys can smell desperation. Yeah, exactly. Uh, well, ev- humans yeah. can smell desperation. Yeah. I got to tell you, I go uh, every Saturday morning, I do a body pump class at the gym. Mm-hmm. And there's this lady, perfectly lovely lady. I mean, she's fit too. I mean, she's got a lot going for her. She's physically attractive. Uh, but I see her 
hitting on every single guy mm-hmm. that looks at her at the gym. And I've mm-hmm. over her, I've her, she has worked that gym like nobody's business. Mm-hmm. And even one class, she said to me, I got to leave early. I have a coffee date right now. You know, can, can you put my weights away? Yeah, yeah, go, go, go. I don't even know the lady, but she talks to everybody. She's very friendly and open. Yeah. And she, and I, I can already see her problem mm-hmm. is that she reeks of desperation. Mm-hmm. And she's going out and looking for dudes all the time. She was telling me she goes to these bars and she's hanging out with 20 year olds. And I just, she doesn't look like a self-sufficient woman to me. She mm-hmm. she looks desperate. And I wouldn't want to date a woman like that, to no. be honest with you. And I don't want to date guys like that. Like, that that's a big turnoff for me, too. Like, you know, if somebody, especially especially for me, is that, you know, with, with having my daughter five nights and having three nights to myself, you know, those three nights are, are busy. So I don't want someone to be like, oh, you can't hang out with me for, you know, all three nights or, you know, always needing to see me and stuff like that. I, I, I just couldn't, I couldn't do it. You have an incredible self-awareness about you. Do you have to go to, did you have to go to a lot of therapy? I have done therapy. Yeah. Um, I actually, um, I was happy to do it because it really opened up my mind to the pattern for sure that I had fallen into in terms of who I was attracting. Um, the other part for me is that I, when I put what's important to me at the center, so meaning my daughter, my mom, my friends, uh, and my work, then everything else around it um, basically is secondary. Um, so anybody that's going to come into my life now, um, you know, their position is very well known. <laughs> uh, those are these are the core things. These are the things that have been with me. I mean, I've got a guy friend who I've been friends with um, since 2005. We talk like every every day, if not every second day. And you know, that's someone's really important to me. Well, if I'm going to date someone that doesn't get that, that person's been with me now for. 14 years. <laughs> so someone that I'm going to start to date that is that is influenced by the fact that I've got a guy friend and that bothers them, that's not the person for me. So I find for me is that through therapy and through just just re, uh, do a lot of reading. Um, uh, Love Warrior is a book that I absolutely adored. Um, so there's a lot of books that I've read. Brene Brown, I do a lot of reading about Brene Brown, um, but really centering myself into what uh, what's important to me and then everything else kind of comes comes from there. You know what? I think you're starting to think like a dude a little bit because guys, <laughs> they have their priorities set straight. Like I knew when I started dating my boyfriend that I would never be his number one priority because his mm-hmm. kids are. Mm-hmm. And like they're very clear with that. And I think a lot of times as women, we don't feel empowered to make our priorities. Yep. No, agreed. Absolutely. And I think for me, it's I, I'm, you know, I'm mom number one. That's my number one role is to is to um, you know raise my daughter and uh, and she's a good one. I mean she's she was to be honest with you that day I think she told me um, you know I don't think he respects you anymore was probably the day she mothered me for the first time and um, and I realized that I was raising a good girl that could realize that and see that 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 how I was being treated wasn't respectful and so I didn't want to teach her for one more minute and within two weeks he was gone. Um, I didn't want to teach her for one more minute that that was going to be appropriate. Um, So to me, another big reason is that I'm a role modeling for her. Um, And even though I've been divorced twice, um, I'd rather, you know, it's kind of a Dr. Philism, I guess. Kids would rather come from a broken home than live in one uh, is something that Dr. Phil says. And it sounds kind of a bit cliche-ish, but at the same time, it's true. I mean, she would much rather have me on her own and us to be able to spend great times together than be in a house that's tense or we're walking on eggshells.
I have a question for you. Yeah. So now you've been through two marriages. You're back in the dating world. You seem to have a very good idea of where you want to head. Do you find that your female friends who are starting in that situation come to you for advice now? All the time. All the time. I was in Toronto recently. I was speaking at a conference doing a closing plenary. And I had a couple people come up to me and say, hey, can I, do you have 15 minutes for me or whatever? And I assumed it was about fundraising. <laughs> and it was actually people that had seen, um, you know, little videos that I had put up about my daughter. One of them was when my daughter saw her room for the first time when I got divorced the first time. And how I talked about the fact that it was a fresh start for us. And she said that video really struck her because she was going to be leaving her husband in the new year. And, you know, that was really, and, and could I give her any tips? And um, so I have people come to me all the time and I have friends of friends. Um, my my lawyer tells me all the time that she gets people that go and say, oh, Sam recommended I come. So, you know, I've, I've really tried to provide everybody the support I can uh, if they're going to be going through it and and any lessons that I can that I can share. And without a word of a lie, like I said earlier, I have shared my separation agreement because um, I worked really hard on it. And there's things in there that a lot of people don't think about when you're going through uh, a divorce. And so that separation agreement, um, you know, has really framed um, how you're going to basically raise your child together. Um, so that's been a really important piece for me. So so I think all in all, um, I do uh, have provided um, both for guys and gals um, some advice. It's funny how y- when you if you have a girlfriend that's dating a new guy or whatever, as as women, we as people, we can always tell when it's wrong. Like, we can always oh, see yeah. that. It's so clear. When I have a girlfriend who's dating a guy, we're like, he's a loser. I mm-hmm. actually, a friendship of mine sort of faded and dissolved because she was dating a loser. And I told her, you're dating a loser. Mm-hmm. And she chose the loser. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't know how that relationship ended, but it's funny how we, we can't see things ourselves. Did you have any girlfriends <laughs> tell you that you were dating a loser? Every single one of them. Wow. Mm-hmm. Every one of them. And why didn't you listen? Um, you know what? A lot of them were nervous about it. So I took it more that they were nervous because he was Australian and because he was coming here and the immigration. I took it that that's what they were referring to as opposed to personality wise, because a lot of them sort of met him after he had come here. And they were always a very cautious, especially my guy friends were very cautious that I was that, you know, I was being used. Um, and I was like, no, 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 you have no idea. We've got, you know, because we had to submit you know, stuff to uh, immigration. We had 750 pages of Facebook chat. And we had to submit all of our phone records. And I'm, I'm That's weird them, that you have to submit that. Like, long oh, yeah, distance relationships, the, some of that's steamy. Well, that's it. And, they, and oh. I went and took <laughs> it all out. And then my lawyer said I had to put it all back in. So oh. I took out all the, the sexy stuff. But, um, but anyway, all to say is that, um, you know, from my perspective... Um, you know, it, it was just, it, they, they did see it and eventually, you know, they, they were very vocal about it. Like my girlfriend that took me out, um, for, um, for coffee that day and just said, you know what, this isn't working. And, um, you know, I can tell you're not yourself and all that kind of stuff. And my guy friends were very, very open about it too. I think guys see it in other guys. Oh yeah. Um, they know a wolf when they yeah. see one for yeah. sure. Yeah. I remember telling my guy friend, my really good guy friend that I was dating someone and uh, this was like between marriages. It was just a very short relationship. And I said, oh, my gosh, you're never going to believe who I've, who's asked me out. And I've gone out with a few times. He's like, oh, God, don't go out with him. Seriously. Like, seriously. And I was like, why? And he's like, no, just don't trust me. And, and I did trust him. And it turned out that it was a good thing. But it's just funny how, um, how guys just, you know, they just know. 
at the beginning of this conversation, you described yourself as broken. Mm-hmm. Would you change anything about the last, you know, about your marital history at all? Because it seems to me you are a very strong, independent, self-sufficient woman mm-hmm. who's got her shit together. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people don't, even though you say you're broken. I, I, mm-hmm. I don't I disagree. Uh, yeah. Would you have changed anything? I definitely wouldn't have got married the second time. Um, the first time even, um, you know, it was just a very kind of strange circumstance. We got married very quickly. We got married within six months of meeting each other. The old Tim Hortons does that to you. I know. There's this, love is in the air. <laughs> love is in the donut. Um, anyway, so, uh, but you know what? I have no regrets. I, I have a, you know, a gorgeous child and, and all that stuff. I wouldn't have got married the second time. I think a big part of it is that he had asked me to marry him over a number of years and I had said no a number of number of times. And when my father was diagnosed terminal, I went through this big thing of would I have any regrets if I didn't take a chance? And that's kind of guided me. And um, and had I think my father not been going through that and whatever, I probably wouldn't have gotten married again. Um, so I think part of it for me is um, part of me will as much as yes, I am very self sufficient. I'm I've I do have my shit together, but. Um, but I think part of me will always be broken uh, in terms of trust. I will never, ever, ever trust like I trusted ever again. I will just, I just won't. And uh, it just changed me as a person. So um, broken in terms of um, heartbroken in some ways. I think there's just a part that will just never be healed. Um, and, you know, I, I, but would I change it? I don't know if I would change. I mean, I regret getting married, but now that I've gone through it, who I've come out to be at the end of that. I mean, I had the best year of my life in 2018. The best really? year of my life. Oh my God, career-wise, oh my God. Like, well, my radio show took off, obviously. Um, like, work-wise, it was fantastic. I was a full-time consultant last year for the first time as a full year. I mean, 2018 was was an incredible year for me. I traveled, I spoke all over the world. I mean, I was just very, very, very lucky in 2018. So would it, you know, it got me to where I am today. So I have no regrets about that part. Um, but I wish I would have listened to the every bone in my body at one point screamed that that was wrong. And I just kept going um, for fear of uh, disappointing people, for fear of being embarrassed. Um, the money aspect, oh my gosh, I invested so much money, um, et cetera, et cetera. But um, the reality of it is um, is uh, I am who I am today and I have no regrets about that. Okay. I've got another question. It's maybe a little more sultry. Mm-hmm. Um, do you think that there's a double standard for women and how they approach dating? Like everybody assumes you have to be looking for love. You can't just be looking for fun. Oh, no, you can look for fun. Oh, well, no, of course sure. you can. But like, me, do some of your friends feel that that's weird because they know you're not looking for a commitment? Um, I don't know. I don't think so. I, I think, to be honest with you, I think people have more respect for the fact you're going to be honest about it. Like, you know, like there's been times, certainly between my, between my, not now, but between my marriages, um, quite honestly, like I said, on July 13th, 2017, at about four o'clock in the afternoon, um, I decided I was never, ever, like, it didn't matter to me if I ever had sex again. Like, I was just like, I'm done. It's, it's fine. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm over it. Um, but between my marriages, um, you know, I did have some fun, um, and, and I don't think there's anything wrong with it as long as you're upfront about it. Um, and I think it was a bit, um, bit relieving and I think you can, I think you can have a lot, 
I think you can actually have a lot of fun with it at the same time as you can kind of be something you couldn't be in your marriage. Right. So it was kind of fun for me just to kind of hang out with somebody. And, you know, we were kind of together for four or five months and then we just decided it wasn't for us. But, you know, it was just one of those things where we had, um, you know, an opportunity to kind of, um, you know, kind of have uh, have a good time. I think that's wonderful because I can tell you as somebody who's never been married, um, there have been points in my life where I dated a fair bit and there is judgment I've felt from people who are like, oh, you'll never meet a husband if you just have fun. Mm -hmm. Well, especially when when you don't want to meet one, it's lots of fun. (laughs) (laughs) Right. (laughs) Maybe it's like after you're married, then you can do what you want. But if I don't know, I've always felt a lot of pressure from people like even my my co-host for my daily radio show, he'll Mm -hmm. be like, oh, Hillary's dated a lot of guys. And it's like, Mm -hmm. yeah, I'm in my late 30s and I'm not married. Mm -hmm. That's a lot of dating time. Yeah, it no, is. But, sure. but it's funny, too, because if a guy goes out and he dates a lot of women and mm-hmm. those relationships don't go anywhere, not another word will be said about right. it. But you're a woman and uh, and you're rela- if they didn't go anywhere, why are you judged for it? Why do they have to go anywhere? Yeah. Oh, it's definitely a double standard. I think it's completely double standard. But, you know, I, I think my guy friends would tell you that they'd rather you be honest with them uh, about it than, you know, than sort of try and try and hide it and try and make it that you know, that you want something more. Um, I think we're, we're sort of led to believe that we're looking for, you know, fairy tales and, and um, you know, romance and, and all that stuff as opposed to, to just, um, you know, a physical need, meeting a physical need. I, I, don't think, I don't think there's anything wrong with that, to be honest. Um, you know, for me anyway, that's, that, that right. w- has worked for me. So, I mean, not so- that I was doing it all the time, but, um, <laughs> but, you know, there was a point in time when, you know, when I thought, oh, I'm going to kind of get out there again. But, but once again, I didn't, never wanted to get married again, especially after the first time. Now, the, the fairy tale doesn't work for you. You have no interest in that. Do you <laughs> no. still believe in it for other people? Yeah, I do. I think sometimes, yeah, I do for certain people. So, you know, when, when people have, um, you know, a long committed relationship, and I've always said to myself, because I've seen this, relationships don't work unless the guy is really into it. Unless the guy is really into it, the girl can never make up for that. But I find in my own experience and with with my girlfriends and my friends is when the girl is the one driving everything, it never works. So when I see it, when a guy is truly in love and really wants all the things that, you know, the woman wants and, you know, family and and wants to travel together and really wants to see her succeed and stuff. But when a guy is kind of being dragged to the altar, it's painful to watch because I've seen my guys, friends have that happen to them. And it, I just, I know it's never going to work. So do I believe in all the romance and stuff? Yeah, I do. But at the same time, I really always find that if, if the guy isn't into it, it's, it's just not going to work. A lot of people get married for the wrong reasons, obviously. Absolutely. And I think a lot of people get married because of the old, um, you know, the biological clock. Um, you know, certainly for my first time, I was, uh, you know, I was getting up there. I think I was, uh, 34, 35 and I was getting nervous about, you know, I really wanted to have children and, you know, so I think part of it is, um, you know, people look at the outside forces and, um, and think, oh, you know, I need to sort of get going cause you know, I'm, I'm going to be an old lady and not be able to have kids. Um, so I think part of it for me is that, uh, when a guy isn't hundred percent into it, it never works. There might be a lot of women who are listening to the podcast right now who are in 
situations that they'd like to get out of. Maybe they're in a marriage they know isn't right or in any kind of a relationship that they know isn't right. And they can you, you feel it in your bones. I'm convinced. I've been in bad relationships before. Absolutely. What advice would you give to them? Get out. <laughs> but have a plan, honestly. And I did it for both marriages. Um, or both divorces, I should say, or separations, um, as I planned it. I, I didn't, you know, it sounds funny when I say the exact date, the exact time for both, um, but the reality was um, I am a planner. <laughs> um, but the reality is for me, um, I needed to have certain stuff in, in place. So, you know, I needed to be organized. I needed to figure out how stuff was going to go. And when you hit that point where there's no more talking, there literally was no more talking about it, you know, and one thing I've learned out of both these marriages is actions do speak louder than words. So you can have all the words you want, but unless the actions are behind them, then they're not there. So if you're in a marriage where there's a lot of, um, you know, sort of uh, chatter about how things are going to change, but there's no change, then you have to get out. Um, you know, and, and people are worried. They're worried about money and they're worried about you know, reputation and they're worried about, you know, children and all those things. I have to tell you that when you actually do it, it's like you've lost 50 pounds off your shoulders. There is an incredible relief. Not that it's going to be easy because it's not. I, I will never fib to anyone and tell you it's going to be easy. But the reality is it does get better. And sometimes there's a little bit of a storm before the sunshine and the storm is all the you know, the financial stuff and working on a separation agreement and who gets the big couch and all that kind of crap. But the reality is when you sit alone and you know that you've made a decision that's right for you and right for your children long term, there's never you're never going to regret that. You're never going to regret it. And people are nervous. They're nervous to be out there in the dating scene again. They're nervous about all those things. But you have to be independent. Once you Once you see that independence and know how strong you are, there were days where I couldn't move. I was paralyzed, not because I didn't think I'd right, made the right move, but because what the next moves needed to be, right? I needed to go seek a lawyer again. My good old lawyer, Marta, I went back to her again, but I needed to do all these things. Um, but I don't regret any of it. Now, Marta uh, does require a SIN number and a resume for anybody I do date moving forward. <laughs> um, but, um, but, you know, she, um, you know, she's been very, very supportive and, um, and, you know, finding someone that's going to be supportive, finding someone that's going to see what your ultimate goals are. Um, and there is a way to do it. You know, you might be going from a three bedroom, you know, house in the Glebe to a two bedroom townhouse in Barhaven. Your children will never, ever care about that stuff. They want you to be happy. So if you don't stay for kids, that's the one thing I always say to people, don't stay for children. You said there's something that you put in your separation agreement that other people don't think of. And you brought up the separation agreement a couple of times. Yeah. What's your secret? For a separation agreement for me was that I wanted to make sure that we had our holidays organized. I wanted to make sure that um, there was, um, you know, it sounds really funny, but, you know, things like Halloween costumes. And especially because she was little, right? She was only three when I left. So... You know, who's going to do all this stuff and, um, you know, who can care for her and who can't care for her and all those pieces uh, were really important for me. And it's a document we go back to time and time again. 
um, and and revisit and and make sure that you know we're following we're following what's in there. Um, there's a financial piece in there, but it's it's very minimal. It's basically looking after um, her expenses and stuff. So you know, I think part of it for me was that you know that the separation agreement is a very costly piece to start off with nothing. Um, so I always you know provide it to people. I black out some stuff, but provide it to people so that they can use it as a template, at least have something so people can think about, um, you know, everything from snowsuits to to Halloween costumes and everything in between. Because what you want to do is make it as seamless for the kid as possible. The other thing that we did, which I would highly recommend to anybody, is that whatever parent isn't with the child, that that parent has an opportunity to phone the child every night. So I have spoken to my daughter every single day. So, um, and she speaks to her father when she's with me. Um, And it's just sometimes a two, three minute phone call, but it's checking in every day. That has been one of the things my daughter's really appreciated through it all. A lot of times we just want to, you know, when we have the kid in our, in our custody, we just want to keep, you know, keep them there and not involve the other parent. But, you know, we've always enabled each other to go to every soccer game and every swim lesson and, you know, concerts and everything. So we've really tried to come together. We do as well a couple times a year. Um, you know, it's not always perfect, but we tr- try to get together a couple times a year for dinner um, and do something around maybe her birthday or end of school. Um, you know, sometimes we'll do a pumpkin patch together or something, uh, just to provide her with that memory as well. Sam LaPrat, I love you. I love you. <laughs> and I love you, Hillary. I love you too. I just met you, but I already love you. Uh, thanks. I feel like the three of us could, should go I drinking know. sometime. I'm sad oh. I'm not going to the sandals now. <laughs> I don't think the world can handle us together. No. <laughs> I don't think so either. But Sam, uh, I really want to thank you for coming in and sharing you. your story. And I love that you framed yourself as a relationship expert. <laughs> I had no idea. This episode is over, but the conversation doesn't have to be. Follow Hillary and Sandra on social. Instagram at Hillary on Air, at Sandra Kiss 1053. Twitter at Hillary Welch, at Sandra Kiss 1053. And on Facebook at Quick and Dirty Podcast. Got a question? Email Hillary and Sandra, thequickandthedirty at gmail.com. Don't forget, you can download the podcast each week to your mobile device to listen offline. Find The Quick and the Dirty on FrequencyPodcastNetwork.com, iTunes, or wherever you download your podcasts.